0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B Y T E.com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte.
1: Hello, and welcome to Newsweek's Parting Shot, your dose of everything pop culture. I'm H. Allen Scott. On today's episode, I'll be joined by comedian Sam Jay, whose second season of Pause with Sam Jay is currently airing on HBO. It's a totally new take on a late night show, and it's not like any other late night show you've ever seen. Sam digs deep into the issues of the day. I spoke with Sam about the show, where the ideas for topics come from, and so much more. So go on, grab a snack, because I'll be right back.
0: Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's SleepingDogsMovie.com slash Wondery.
1: Pause with Sam J on HBO is unlike any other late-night show you've ever seen before. It revolves around a party Sam hosts in her apartment. She and her guests then chat about current events and the issues of the day, which then get further expanded upon in interviews, sketches, and animation. It's so original and exactly what you'd expect from Sam Jay, who previously wrote on Saturday Night Live. I spoke with Sam, whose full name is Samaria Johnson, about where she comes up with the ideas to focus on in the series, how sometimes those ideas can get pretty personal, and how she deals with all of that.
0: Excuse me, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Samaria Johnson. I didn't really come out. Like when I hear young people talking about, I gathered everybody in the living room. Excuse me, I have something to say. Y'all calling me crazy <laughs> when a bitch been wilding oh, all day like crazy. I asked the hard question oh, Do you think I'm an alcoholic? Um. If I only freeze my head, is it like cheaper? It is cheaper. It's a broke people thing to only freeze your head.
1: That's right. <laughs> We are a hot wife slash cuckold couple.
0: Y'all want some eyes wide shut shit. (laughs) I'm a lesbian, obviously. We want not have no kid, but I got a cat. Could I like, leave my car to my cat? You can. That's cool. My brother, he got locked up, he was 18. He came out of jail, a dude that loves pepperoni sticks now and wearing his phone on his belt. He can feel just as uncomfortable around you as you do around him. As a gay person, I do check if a place is is gay friendly. I don't want to be overseas breaking all the rules. I'm holding my bitch hand, and I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. If we present what we are, which is messy, because people are messy. All bets are off. Dope. And if you show all of it, you leave room for everybody. But I just like bitches and hanging out with my homies. That's a whole nother episode. Oh. From Boston, bro. I've been around the whitest of whites. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. What the wine expert calls sommelier, Somaliers. Like I'm that of crackers.
1: <laughs> How exciting is it? The second season. It's that's you must be on top of the world for that.
0: Uh yeah, I feel good. I feel good.
1: (laughs) It's always good when the second season first season's great because it happened, but second season's always like, make sure it happens. Make sure it needs to keep going. Um, What, how do you come up with the ideas for some of the subjects and topics you'll tackle for each episode?
0: Um, Usually it's just stuff that I'm talking about with my friends or, or things that I'm going through personally and questioning, honestly. That's usually how we uh, pick a topic or, you know, we throw something out in the writer's room and if everybody kind of has an opinion or is biting on it, then we're like, okay, this is good. Or if it starts an argument in the room, then we're like, oh, this is probably something good because we're all, we're all kind of nipping at it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it must, I mean, one of the things that I, I mean, just looking at the topics and watching a little bit of it that there are heavy topics. I mean, there definitely are heavy topics and you're a very funny person, but like, The topics I think for a lot of people to even communicate about would be emotional, I think, or would be at least taxing in a lot of ways on your emotions. How do you prepare for some, like I'm thinking of the episode with your brother or like with your fiance, like some of the personal episodes, which are all personal, but those in particular, how do you emotionally prepare to sort of do some of those episodes?
0: I don't know. I guess. I kind of know what it is going in because I'm the creator. So I I have some time to process it in that way. And none of it is an emotion I haven't thought about or dealt with on some level. So it's not like I'm coming in surprised. You know what I mean? Some of it was definitely heavy for sure, but, uh, it's that's life. You know what I mean? I think life is that balance of, of comedy and humor and heaviness. And I think they all kind of live together for the most part and you can't really separate the two, you know? So try to bring a real experience uh, to people.
1: Do you ever find that? I mean, one of the things that I find in comedy at least is that, you know, comics were all, they're always trying to find that one moment, you know, that one moment of sort of like something funny or find some funny thing in a situation and for some of these topics, you know, it's it can be difficult to, to to find that funny moment. And it is, you lean into the seriousness of it sometimes. Like, what, do you feel the pressure to, or do you ever feel like, oh, maybe I'm being too serious here. I need to be funnier. Or I need to like, do you ever have that dance?
0: Um, I think as a room, we always are like, hey, let's remember there's comedy at the, at the root of this. And like, where can we mind comedy in this? But I also don't think we're afraid to let things be heavy if they're heavy. I mean, to me, the best comedians dance in both. You know, you watch a good special. There's moments where it's just thoughtful. There's moments where it's heavy or emotionally you're going on a a journey with the comedian and you're at a point where it's like, hey, this isn't that funny. And then they kind of bring it all home in a way. So I think it's the same thing with the show. It's like every moment isn't going to like, crack you up sometimes you're just thinking sometimes you're just processing sometimes you're laughing you yeah. know and, and and all of that's okay i think you just got to be okay with it
1: yeah definitely i mean the episode with your brother was uh really interesting in that you know it, del- it deals with incarceration and it deals with sort of um the what ifs you know what if- and and there's and i think a lot of people in those situations, probably think about that. Like, what if this hadn't ha- had happened? What if this hadn't had gone this way? What was it like preparing for that episode? And what does that particular episode mean to you?
0: Um. Well, it was one uh, episode that we really kind of started talking about the end of last season and what, what it could look like to have this conversation about jail and the industrial prison complex and, And what would be a way to bring some more humanity to the conversation and not just talk in statistics and numbers. And I do have a personal experience with it, you know? And so for me, it was just like, I just wanted to talk to people who've actually been through it. I feel like a lot of times we talk about and around them. And I also don't think a lot of times we think about what it does to families. And that was kind of important to me being, that my family to some degree was, was a victim of this, you know, Uh, and just kind of how, when we are taking people out of homes and, punishing people What a the ripple effect of all of this it doesn't just affect that person it, it affects a, a family a nucleus sometimes a community um and so just having that conversation because it was a conversation in regards to this that I hadn't seen and I also wanted to have it with the people that have actually gone through it like everybody in the party had some connection to the prison system whether they had been in jail worked in a jail you know what I mean so I just wanted to the conversation yeah. in, a, in a casual real way in a human way with people that actually go through it because i feel like all the time we're talking about people in jail and what they need and what they want but a lot of times we're not just talking to motherfuckers who've been in jail or who are going through the thing
1: yeah yeah and the domino effect of it like you said i mean the impact on the family and the not even just the impact on the family but the socioeconomic impact on the family and how you know, if, if a person is sort of the quote unquote breadwinner in the family goes to jail, what does that do to a family and those kids for the rest of their lives? You know, it's, it's, there's a lot of different conversations around it that just aren't had because we focus so much on the salacious things,
0: the crime, the person, the punishment. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then of course, race is so much a factor of it because, it, you know, because of what we do to incarceration with of people of color in this country and and the levels of incarceration of people of color in this country and black Americans specifically and how that and this show, I think, shows that in a way that is really
0: compelling. Thank
1: you. And it's I don't think it's been done before in that way. You know what I mean? Like, sure, you have 60 minutes covering like, you know, prison stuff, but. I, no offense, but like, I don't need to see an older white lady going into a prison again right. Talking about the prison. Like, I want to see someone who experienced what what how that impacted their family
0: and what it is on the other side. You know, and um, I just thought it was I guess that also helps me when it, things are mostly heavy is like the value of the story. You know, I just felt like it was a story that needed to be told. And I felt like I could tell it in a particular way because I've been through it and my brother and I have been through it. And, and there was a lot of, you know, true angst and like things I've been struggling with, with what happened when he came out and just kind of like the person we got back. And a lot of what I talk about in the episode of like feeling like he lost some of his ambition and wondering how does he get that back? And like you getting back a person that isn't what left you. And then what part of that, you can't control any part of it, but a part of you feels like, well, you stole this person from me because this wasn't by their own choice or, or volition to go through this, you know? And so just how do you make compromise with all of that in the after effects of all of this?
1: Yeah. I mean, the other, another episode that as soon as I, cause I haven't watched this episode, but I definitely was like, Ooh, I would not do that is the, the conversation about sort of, cheating with and relationships and like that and and with your fiance not cheating with your friends, but you know what I mean like that episode with your fiance, that just the the, the the description of that episode made me uncomfortable, which is probably a good thing for viewers. <laughs> you, you're then enticed to watch it. but like, what was that like? and that that must have been scary. admitted a little bit a little scary. No.
0: Sure. For sure. And also scary to like bring it to her and be like, I'm thinking about talking about this. So what I, I'm a comic, you know, I've talked about it on stage. I, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know how to like not live and be true to my experiences. And I did feel like, uh, there's so many layers to it and I, we're definitely not the only person who have been through it and, and gotten to the other side of whatever it is and that relationships in themselves are just really complicated and messy and 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 everyone has to define love for themselves. And I think sometimes we have this like gold standard of love. It it was at one point Beyonce and Jay-Z and then we found out he cheated, you know, and we're like, Oh, that's not it. And it's like, it's whatever it is for you and how you guys figure it out and work that out. Mm -hmm. And at the center of it, it has to be about the love that you guys have between each other. And if you're going to love someone for a lifetime, which was really the point of the episode is you're going to meet, a lot of iterations of this person and you're going to meet a lot of versions of the person and catch this person on many different points in their journey and kind of like how do you navigate that because i think that's something that everybody is dealing with and i think it's something that is so you don't talk about it and um yeah i don't like i'm i've just always been one of those people if it's something i'm not supposed to talk about i'm like well
1: I'm why aren't
0: we about it yeah yeah
1: yeah. I'm still not over the whole Jay-Z Beyonce thing to be honest (laughs) it still still shocks me to this day I'm like you cheated on Beyonce like that's yeah that's
0: that's what's good about this episode is that when we get into it you, you we start to tear apart that cheating isn't even about the person most of the time it's not even about sex there's power dynamics involved there's a million things that happen you know
1: Mm -hmm, Definitely. What was it like? I mean, how did your fiance react to that episode and the idea of that episode?
0: I mean, it was tough, you know, it's digging up stuff, but I also wanted to give her a a platform and a space to say her part, because again, I'm a comic. I've talked about this on stage. And so it's always only come from my perspective of what I think and what I feel. And I felt like if we were going to explore this, then we needed to be honest and she needed to have the space and the autonomy to speak her piece and have her part of this be heard and spoken to. Um, but yeah, it was definitely hard, and and she probably didn't talk to me like a week after for like a week after we filmed it. It
1: wasn't yeah. it wasn't the uh, most was comfortable in the house. You know yeah. What I mean? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Someone else was walking the dog that week. Um, <laughs> like one of the things that I in just sort of you know knowing your career and 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 knowing you and just sort of knowing how you work, like it it's for me in anything that I do, like even with this show or with comedy or with anything. I often wonder like, I don't wanna be ever too gay. Do you know what I mean? Like when I have these conversations, I don't wanna come off as only having gay conversations or like sure. making the content queer in some way. And there's always gonna be an element of that because I am a queer person, but yes. I also very. I feel like sometimes I'm hyper-conscious of like, oh, is this too niche? Is this only for queer people? Is this person I'm speaking with only for queer people, et cetera, et cetera. Do you ever in sort of shaping this series and just your work in general, do you ever sometimes worry like, okay, how do I make this more universal?
0: Um, I I, I weirdly think the more niche you are, the more universal it, it becomes weirdly by default. It's mm-hmm. like the more you dig into you and the more personal you are, the more you'll find the commonality in all these experiences. And so for me, I just try to make sure I'm always speaking to what is true to me and what is actually like real for me yeah. and not to a cause like I'm speaking from Sam to like how I'm perceiving this and how I'm viewing this and even if it's within my relative to my gayness my queerness my blackness my femininity my masculinity whatever it is I'm always going to talk from a space of like me and how I am processing all of this rather than like oh how people should be yeah. Because I don't really have that answer. And I think when you move kind of like that, everyone can kind of find something in it that they can grab onto.
1: Definitely. Definitely. Now with standup, like, have you been performing much since things have opened up post pandemic? And like, what has that, yeah. been, what has that been like for you?
0: Um, I mean, it's weird because it was like, it never kind of stopped, but it stopped, but it did, you know, it stopped for like a while, like a few months. And then all these like little underground shows started popping up. Cause stand-ups are addicted to the stage and like all this, like outside shows started popping up. But like once the clubs really opened back up and you could really go in and like do a set, I mean, it was great. It felt like being able to go home. It felt like you were locked out your house.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Year, you know? So it felt great. Do you feel like you're addicted to the stage? Because whenever, like, I love stand up. I do stand up. I, I, I love comedy. But like, I don't think I'm addicted to stage. I don't think I'm addicted to the stage at all. Which is like, I'm more like, can I just finish this episode of Real Housewives?
0: No, nah, I month. gotta get up. You I gotta know. go. I gotta get up. I gotta get up.
1: Yeah, yeah. What it's is like a- what is that feeling like?
0: Um, I don't know. It's 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 a grounded feeling, especially when I'm creating something, it, yeah. it helps me figure out where I want to go, what, what the angle is, you know, it's it just, uh, it's a great tool for me creatively. And it, it, I don't know, it feels like another arm. It's like, how do you, how do you get rid of it? You know,
1: yeah, for sure. Well, my last question for you is the, the one, one of the episodes, I think the last episode in the season deals with um, conquering your fear of death or de- just death in general. And I can't like, I think I can relate to a lot of things in this series, but that episode in particular, I think I'm dying every single day. Like there is not one thing that happens to me that I don't think about, oh, this is the day. Like any pain, any wrong turn, any sudden moment, I'm like, I'm going to die today. And I, I I, don't necessarily know if I fear it, but it's always in my mind that today's the day I'm going to die. And so far, so good today. But like how, how like how do you, What's your fear of death for you and how did you tackle this episode?
0: it's pretty much the same I think I, I'm constantly thinking about dying and when and at what moment and like trying to control it by constantly thinking about it in a way yeah like if, if I'm always knowing it could be at any moment then somehow I'm claiming some power but it doesn't really it feels really powerless and <laughs> a, a, a result of that and I think that's why we wanted to approach the episode because I was just kind of like, I'm in a place where I'm happy and things are working out the way I always wanted them to, but there's this cloud over me that is like me constantly walking around being like, am I going to die today? So it's like, am I actually enjoying this because I, I I'm living in this fear of like this thing that I can't control. And I'm sure a lot of that was rooted in losing my parent early and, Mm -hmm. kind of your life being upheaved in a way and being introduced to the idea of mortality young as a result of that and so it for me it was really like that is my fear you know I'm one of those people oh the plane's gonna crash and then when I'm out of the plane and I'm in the car I'm like the car's gonna crash and then yeah or the guy's gonna kidnap me and and then it's gonna crash and then when I'm in the house I'm like there could be a fire or a murderer or this or that you know so I And and a lot of it is just, it's all types of reasons. And I just wanted to really dig into it because I think it's something a lot of us are, it's that and we're not really settled with it. And I I do want to become a person one day that is more zen.
1: Yeah. I had a friend once who told me that the fear of death is the ultimate form of vanity, which I thought was so interesting because it's like it really is the most selfish thought you can think, you know, <laughs> like like yeah. it's because it's so out of your power. It's, out of, it's your, out of your power. Yeah. It, and
0: it, everybody, it happens to everyone. It's completely out of your control. And like, it's definitely one of those fate things where it's like, I don't know. And also I always think about it. Like, when I'm talking to God and I'm like, Oh, and I'm like, who am I to think of all the people he's like zoned in on me today and wants to like, take me the fuck out. It's so like,
1: yeah, that's what I, I'm another good friend who you probably know, Nikki Glazer. I was talking to her once about flying and I have a crippling fear of flying and it does have a lot to do with death. And, and I, I still fly I for work and I'm always flying, but like I, she said that it is, incredibly sort of vain to think of like do you think this one you're so special you're so special that this one plane is going to be the one random occurrence of a flight crashing and yeah yeah. it of course it's not of course i'm not going to be that special i wish i was
0: no idea or or it may not have anything to do with special it's probably very arbitrary how all this shit happens and we're running around trying to wield something or like counting the babies on board and yes. deciding, like, yeah. you know, what the fuck, you know? And it's like, yeah,
1: I don't know. No, Knowing the babies, you know, there are times there have been there. I will. I, I swear to God, there has been a moment where I've seen a lot of children get on a plane and I thought to myself, OK, well, surely God's not going to make this plane crash today because there's so many children on board. Everybody
0: has those like moments. And like, you know, there's that uh Patrice joke where he talks about counting the white babies and then he knows he's <laughs> going to be OK. And like, I think everybody kind of has those like feelings like, OK, like shit. Do you, do you there's ever, a lot. Of, uh, there's a nun on here. I mean, one time I saw like a rabbi and I was like, all right, maybe we're straight, you know, we we'll be good.
1: Do you ever worry? This is uh, so this is the last bit dying. Do you ever... For me, I have a conscious and this, again, this is a vanity thing, but I do have a fear of how I uh, how I will appear when I die because I don't want to die. Like it would be so embarrassing to me to die on the toilet, like the the most vulnerable, ugly situation you can die in. I am so terrified of dying on the toilet. I don't think I'm that vain. I don't care. I'm just,
0: <laughs> I guess I used to always say I don't want to I don't want to die at a, a, a ugly chick's house because I, yeah. I don't I just don't want to die in any way where people can like, excuse my death. I think people always want to blame you for your own death. Yes. So I don't, I don't want to die in any way where they're like, well, she shouldn't have been over that ugly bitch's house. You know what I mean? And then I'm like, Oh man, that, that's how it goes down.
1: Oh, I think I'm that ugly bitch though. I want
0: to, I want
1: to, I think I, <laughs> I would be the,
0: like, honorably, you know, I want to die where you have to mourn me and like send me out to see like a Viking. You know what I mean? I don't want to go in somewhere where they're like, well, what the hell was she doing over there?
1: I have always stood by that I want to be cremated and I want my ashes put in the little keychain size Etch-a-Sketches so that people can play with me for oh, years awesome. to come after I'm gone. I think that's cool. Right? I think so. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. I really appreciate it.
0: Thank you very much.
1: You really should watch Pause with Sam J. It's unlike any other show, like I've said, and it's it's just such a great show and it's so innovative and she's great. I just, I can't tell you enough how much I enjoy the show. And let me know what you thought about today's episode. You can find me at H. Allen Scott on everything. And thanks for listening to Newsweek's Parting Shot. If you liked what you just heard, please leave a little rating and review and maybe consider sharing it on social media and tag me when you do. For more on the latest news and podcasts, head to newsweek.com and follow Newsweek on all the social platforms. Until then, watch something fun and have a great day.